Instead of making New Year's resolutions about going to the gym or watching what you eat, how about this year, make a New Year's resolution about growing your faith? That's today on our podcast. Hey everyone, it's Karen G. from the Tower Hill Communications team. Thanks for tuning in to our weekly podcast. You can listen here each week to catch up on our latest sermon, and we hope that what you hear inspires you to want more so that you'll continue on your own personal faith journey. Here at Tower Hill, there are five specific things that we know help us form our spiritual growth. So let's hear about those now from Pastor Jason Tucker. Good morning, Tower Hill Church Online. Happy New Year. I'm Pastor Jason. It's so good to be with you today. Hope that your very early New Year is going really well, that those resolutions are just rocking. You know, you're a day, you're two days in. Um, No, I'm excited. Listen, I pray that 2022 is a lot better than 2021. I mean, my goodness, it has been quite a roller coaster, that's for sure. Well, I thought it would be good for us before we start our next sermon series, which begins next week, and it's going to be really good. I'm not just saying that because I'm the preacher. I'm saying it because it's designed to really help you jump into your spiritual growth. And, um, and I think it's going to attack it in a way that's going to be really helpful, especially if you're feeling like, I'm not a very good Christian. I don't do this, this Christian walk thing very well. That's, this is the sermon series for you. So that's coming next week. But today I thought it'd be good to do a little review of really how we have decided to frame our idea of spiritual formation, which is a sermon series we come back to every once in a while called Five Things God Uses to Grow Your Faith. Now, this originally was a sermon series done by Andy Stanley and our friends at North Point Community Church. Uh, We've adapted it and made it part of our life and our rhythm here at Tower Hill as we talk about how God grows us. And it helps us figure out, well, how do I take a step to allow God to grow my faith? Or what does it look like? Or what are the key things that God often uses to do that? Because if we're aware of them, it really helps us to, again, take a step. So today's really an overview of the five things, really just as a primer to set up our next spiritual growth sermon series. So I I mentioned resolutions, how they coming, right? We're a couple days in, you're probably feeling pretty good. Um, I, I know I said this in last week's sermon that resolutions, I know they can be sort of goofy or maybe not all that effective, but I actually think the process of reflecting on where we are and who we are and who we want to be, where we want to be, is a healthy one. And I think kind of digging into, well, what does this mean for me spiritually is a really important question to ask. Because what if what's missing is inherently spiritual? What if that thing, that thing that's making my life it's got a sort of like a big hole in my life that I can't really fill because of my anxiety and my worry, my emotions, my doubt, my whatever. What if that thing that I've been missing in 2021 is spiritual in nature? In other words, is my dissatisfaction with work or home or finances or COVID or relationships or whatever a result of my circumstance, what's going on, what's happening to me? Or is it a result of the me that I bring to my circumstance? Is it a problem that's set up by things out of my control? Or is it a problem that's brought about by 
who I am on the inside at the moment? Is it a me problem? I think this is an important question to ask because oftentimes I find when I ask that question myself, I realize if I could bring a different me to the same circumstances, I could have a different result. Maybe not that I change everything around me, but on the inside, I'm a different person. This is really just starting to scratch the surface of what spiritual formation, life in the way of Jesus, is all about. You ever been on a long road trip? Maybe you went on one this last week uh, between holidays. We actually didn't, which was great. It's like the first time in a while that we haven't um, traveled or gone on a long road trip. And, you know, when you pack the car, you get ready for a long road trip, you need two things. The first, you need direction, and the second, you need distance. You need to put miles behind you. You need to, right? So it's all about, we usually do a trip to either Joplin, Missouri, or Tennessee, or something, and the the name of the game is, you got to just grind out as many miles as you can, but it's got to be in the right direction, because God forbid you add miles to your trip that you didn't need to add. I feel like maybe this is a way of understanding our growth in faith, our spiritual life is, you know, if you have no direction, if you're not hearing from God and kind of what's next or what's the next step in your life or what's the direction to go, you end up spending all this lateral energy doing all sorts of things. It may have nothing to do with where God wants you. It's like, it's like busy work. It's like, if I just do, if I fill my calendar, if I fill my day with enough busyness, then somehow God's going to sort all that out. And we end up really just getting confused when we have no direction. Or we feel like we have direction, but we don't do anything about it. We have no distance. We, we don't put the miles behind us. We don't move forward in our faith. And this leads to stagnation. And we wonder why we're kind of not feeling it. And we're not, feel like we're in step with what God wants for us. It's usually one of those two things is missing in our road trip of faith direction, or distance. So what would it look like for you to take a step forward in faith in 2022, beginning right now? I mean, shoot, add this to your resolutions, right? But this is a resolution that you can keep because God can keep it going in you and for you, right? So it's not just your power that's going to make it happen. It's also God's power. Spiritual formation is something that um, might be a little confusing. It's really a lifelong process of being more and more like Jesus. It's like, um, think of it that in order to become our true selves, it is when people see Jesus more and more in us. It's kind of an odd thought that uh, spiritual formation is the process of becoming more Christ-like. And it's, it happens throughout our whole life, you're right? So from conversion to eternity, we are in the in process of becoming more and more like Jesus. That's the goal anyway. And we don't execute that perfectly and we mess up and all of that. Dallas Willard, uh, who was a wonderful theologian and, you know, wrote some great books and was a professor and speaker and um, really a profound thinker. He would take really complicated ideas and boil them down into simple terms, which is what I need. (laughs) Uh, Dallas Willard describes spiritual, spiritual formation in this way. He said, in the tradition of Jesus Christ is the process of transformation of the inmost dimension of the human being, the heart, which is the same as the spirit or will. It is being formed, really transformed, in such a way that its natural expression comes to be the deeds of Christ done in the power of Christ. 
In other words, spiritual formation is the act, the lifelong act of being transformed so that our heart's natural state is not to sin. Our heart's natural state is to do what Jesus does by nature. That's the goal of spiritual formation. It's, a, it's this inward transformation of the heart. Powerful. And I know it also seems impossible. I know that. I know what it sounds like. It sounds impossible. But let's just start one step at a time. What is faith? We talked last week about the definition of faith from Hebrews, right? Faith is complete confidence or trust in God. It's hope in the things that we cannot see. It's assurance in those things that God is like the oxygen we're breathing. We don't have to think about it. We believe he is there all the time. If faith is the growing of confidence or trust in God, I want to ask you this question. What would your life look like if you had complete confidence in God? Think about it. How different would your life look? What would your life look like? Would your relationships be better? Would your, the way you approach your work or your family be better? i tell you what probably would be better. The me that you bring to your circumstance would be better, would be healthier, would be able to navigate the ups and downs and sideways of life in a way that trusts in God. I mean, think about, just allow yourself to think about Tomorrow, you wake up in the morning. All doubt is removed. You have complete confidence God's going to show up exactly when and how he's supposed to and that you don't have to worry. That'd be a game changer, right? Well, listen, it's not just a theory. This is the Christian life, and it can happen for you. But it happens one step at a time. Think about the entire message of the Old Testament. If you had to boil it all down about how God wants us to understand him and having a relationship with him. What is it? It's trust me. Trust me. I am the creator of all things. I make all things new. Your life is a mess. <laughs> trust me. I am trustworthy. See by my deeds, by my actions in history. Trust me. And what's the entire message of the New Testament? It's an invitation to re-enter a relationship of trust with God. It's trust me and Follow me. Trust me and follow me. You can follow me because you can trust me. So as we lean into this idea of faith as confidence in God and trust and spiritual formation and what this transformation looks like, there's a really important idea that we need to understand. It's the difference between Jesus having the ability to heal us and having the authority to heal us and why that matters. Uh, here we go. We are going to jump into our scripture here, which comes from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 8, the story of a, uh, a non-Jewish person um, coming to interact with Jesus. Be beginning with verse 5. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help, right? A Roman soldier. A centurion came to him asking for help, which is odd, but... It's what happened. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. 
For I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. This is a really odd moment. It's odd because I don't know if there's anywhere else, I can't think of anywhere else in Scripture where Jesus is amazed by someone's behavior. That word uh, for amazed in the Greek, thaumadzo, to be astonished at or to marvel at. Jesus was marveling at this guy's faith, which was what? It was I believe if you just say it, you're going to do it. You don't need to go physically put your hands on him. I've heard stories of your healing. I've heard about who you are. And and I understand authority. I know what authority is. And it's not just that you can heal him. You have authority to heal him. Why is that important? Listen, all throughout history, there have been stories of people who can heal and um, have sort of these supernatural abilities. And even today, we, we... we hear about faith healers of one kind or another, and I like to think some of them are actually legit, and hopefully that they're not all scam artists, but you never know. Um, and, you know, I mean, we hear about that all the time, but it's not just that Jesus had the ability to heal. Uh, the disciples had abilities to heal later on. I mean, that really is not what set Jesus apart. What set him apart was his authority. Remember when Jesus got baptized? Remember uh, in the Gospels when he got baptized? This is a wonderful, I love this painting of the baptism of Jesus. You see the Holy Spirit descending like a dove upon him. But uh, remember what God says? He says, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. Um, Listen to him. He has authority. It was like this, it it was a moment of revealing that Jesus has the authority as the Son of God. Jesus uh, continues um, in the Gospel of Matthew later in chapter 9 where he heals somebody. He's a a man who uh, he tells him to pick up your mat and walk. He says, which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? And the reason he asked that question is because he had told him his sins are forgiven. And what Jesus is kind of poking at is... Uh, a scoffer would say, oh yeah, you could say his sins are forgiven, but we would never know because that's invisible. But, uh, you know, you didn't say get up, pick up your mat and walk, which then we would know if it was real or not. Well, Jesus is answering that right away, which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, get up, take your mat, and go home. So he did both in order to prove he had the authority that he said he had. Authority was a big deal. Think about healing on the Sabbath when the Pharisees got all bent out of shape because Jesus was healing on the Sabbath. What did Jesus say? He's like, the Sabbath was, you know, was created for humans, for uh, men and women, not for, uh, you know, some sort of barrier to stop the healing of God. Sermon on the Mount. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Listen, spiritual formation, growing your faith, is about submitting to the one who has authority to heal you.
Listen, I just don't want the story of a wonderful faith healer. I want the story of God who can heal my sins. Don't you think sometimes we're, we're often thinking of God to heal the physical things, the measurable things in our lives? But, but that's, most of that's circumstance. Circumstances come and go and they change and some are terrible and some are good and most of it's sort of in between. But the real secret to life is being healed from the inside out. And there's only one who has authority to do that. Spiritual formation is the act of submitting to that authority, the authority of Jesus Christ. Uh, what's used in Scripture is the idea of fruit, or you maybe think of vineyard. I mean, they were really familiar with vine vineyards and with fig trees and all sorts of other uh, examples like that. But think about it in terms of fruit, that the, the way of faith, the Christian life, has a certain kind of fruit that it produces. And we're going to talk more about this in the coming weeks with our sermon series that's coming up. But let's look at this passage from Galatians. You, you remember this from Sunday school, right? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. So what does it look like to be made more and more into the likeness of Jesus Christ? What does spiritual formation look like in real time? It looks like these things. Love, joy, peace, patience. It looks like your life is producing this kind of fruit. That's what the way of Christ looks like. That's what it looks like when you submit to the, your, the authority to the, one, to the one who has the authority to heal, heal you. That's what it looks like. So uh, as we finish up, or as we wrap this idea up, what are the five things God often uses to set you on this path of spiritual formation? I think these are important to identify because they help put us in the right position for God to grow us. So let's go through each one real quick. Five things God uses. The first, practical teaching. That my goal as a pastor is to deliver to you as much practical teaching as possible. That's when the mysteries of God are sort of made plain to you that, you know, somehow you're starting to understand what the scripture is saying, what it means for your life. And if you're in a church where you're not getting practical teaching, you need to find another church. And, and that includes ours. If, if our church isn't giving you the practical teaching that you feel you need, you need to find another church that's going to do that. That's really, really important. That's one thing. The second thing that God uses is providential relationships. These aren't things that we can control, but these are things in people's faith story where it's like, you know, I was kind of stuck or I didn't know Jesus. And then, and then a, a person came into my life and spoke to him. I met a girl, I met a guy, I met, I met a friend who, who helped me see things in a different way providential relationships. And the reason why I think that's important to identify is because I think when we're in doing church life together, when we're growing together, there's a lot more opportunity to have these providential relationships. The third is private disciplines. Disciplines like prayer and scripture reading and service and worship. These are all things that are sort of private disciplines, but these help us to grow in our faith. Uh, one of the biggest things that grows my faith is study reading a, a book about a Christian idea or topic or, or doing a specific kind of Bible study. These are things that help me, a private discipline that helps me to grow my faith. And it certainly works for a lot of people. There are uh, tons of folks who have grown through doing daily devotionals, etc. The fourth is pivotal circumstances. So talk about our circumstances. 
pivotal circumstances are those circumstances that confront us that that really do have a big change in the trajectory of our lives. These are kind of big decisions or circumstances that come our way. And oftentimes there it's when tragedy strikes. Somebody passes away or someone gets sick or maybe we lose a job or something just kind of jars us and rocks us. It can either send us further away from God or it can draw us in and grow our faith. And then fifth, personal ministry. What's my personal calling, I feel? Maybe it's to work in Sunday school. Maybe it's to go serve the poor. Maybe it's whatever that is. That helps me to grow in my faith. Because then I'm truly not just living my faith as a head exercise. It's going into my hands and feet. I'm actually living it in my life. Those are the five things that God, I mean, there may be more, but these are five things that keep coming up in people's faith stories. This is how I kind of navigated the spiritual transformation process. God used these five things, one, two, three, or all of these five things to grow my faith. So I, I want to ask you, as we head into this next year, as we get ready for 2022, oh my gosh, it's here, we're in it. What would this year look like if you engaged in this spiritual formation process? What's a step that you can take? Maybe you can identify one now. You're like, hey, you know, and it's already on my resolutions. I'm going to read the Bible a little bit every day, or I'm going to take some time to pray, or you know, I'm going to sign up to serve in this ministry or whatever it looks like for you. Just take one step. Listen, we're not going to be transformed overnight into the perfect model of Jesus Christ. In fact, that's not something we can accomplish here on this side of heaven. But we can grow in our faith, grow more in our Christ-likeness, bear more fruit of the Spirit. We can do that. We can change the me that we bring to our circumstance. We could have more faith, more confidence in God, and that could change, truly transform us from the inside out. So what's that look like for you? I want you to think about this question as we head into this new year. And listen, you're not going to do it perfectly. That's okay. God isn't expecting perfection. He is perfection, and he became perfection for us. God fills the gaps, but he just wants you to move forward. You have some direction, get a little distance, get a little forward movement. And I promise you're going to start seeing some changes in the me that you bring to your circumstance. All right, everyone. God bless you as you go into this next week. And again, I hope to see you next week as we start our new sermon series on spiritual growth. Amen. <music>